0: Episode seven of the Will You Be My Friend podcast. Today I have Ricky Chavez on. And, uh, if you've ever been on the internet and seen a video of a musician playing and have enjoyed it, the likelihood is very high that Ricky shot that video. Um, he's an incredible videographer, really funny Instagram account. He's, uh, the, uh, the Twitter feed is very strong. He's got some strong puns and uh we went to college and studied music together um yeah we had a great conversation a lot of like entrepreneurial business kind of tips from this conversation as well uh but yeah enjoy my conversation with ricky ricky chavez yeah welcome welcome to the will you be my friend podcast how are you doing today my man
1: good i'm very excited this is uh probably the most social i've been with anyone outside of the three people i live with right now so this is great it's the first face i've seen in a while
0: it's a crazy time right
1: yeah it's crazy I, I um, th- yeah it's, it's crazy
0: i uh today was my first time standing in line at the grocery
1: store how did that go it
0: was it was a wild experience experience man i was uh i went to trader joe's to get some stuff and i was maybe like the 30th person in line And we're all standing six feet apart. So it's this like crazy long line.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: So then I it, it was like 20 minutes waiting in line, which in the grand scheme of things like 20 minutes isn't super, super long. But it was enough time for me to think about like, whoa, like our our society is pretty different right now.
1: Yeah. Was that your first grocery
0: store trip? It wasn't my first grocery store trip, but it was my first trip to the grocery store since quarantine where they have been doing the like social distance line. Because there's a Vallarta right by my house
1: that doesn't do that at all. Yeah, but I saying, like, I, all the grocery stores I've been to haven't done that yet, but I know Trader Joe's is doing it right now.
0: Yeah, Trader Joe's and I think maybe Pavilions and like a couple other... like. Uh, the the trendy grocery stores basically
1: yeah it's a weird thing i mean i remember i used to go to the grocery store at like 1 a.m because that's mm-hmm. when no one goes and i like going at that time um and so the day i got I actually had like an out-of-town gig right like like about like two or three days before the lockdown but right when they started doing the grocery store time change, and where i'm getting out with this is, i got back it was like 11 and i was like oh hell yeah i just got home i'm tired i'm gonna get all my groceries and just stay home for a week and I got home, and I took my roommate. I was like, "Yo, let's just go to the grocery store right now." I got there at eleven, and it was closed. And I was like, "Oh, this is rough." Now I have to wait for the morning, and then you go. We went the next morning, not at eight a.m. because I will never wake up that early to do anything, especially groceries. <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, we got there at like eleven, and then pretty much everything's gone. You're just like, "Oh God, I'm I'm going to have to get here at eight a.m." Which a week later, people realize they don't need like all a a year's worth of supplies of food so food's coming back grocery stores are pretty much back to normal aside from waiting in long lines and standing far away from humans so yeah it's weird it's a weird thing
0: yeah this time going to trader joe's was my first time in a grocery store where it was stocked up again and it was yeah it's it's also cool to see that (laughs) it was so comforting man it's so strange like how i mean it's not strange but it's wild how freaked out I felt at like the idea of not being able to get the food that I'm like interested in having. It's like this, like, it's like a survival thing, but not necessarily a survival <laughs> thing because like I've, I've always been able to eat. Like, it's not like I haven't been able to eat for the past week. <laughs>
1: it's just Yeah. I like, think the thing for me is like, I think that feeling, and I mean, that's why like when this whole thing started, It was just like in my head, like I knew people were going to do stuff like this. And I and I knew that I wouldn't know why they would, because in my head I was like, okay, yeah, grocery stores and stuff are going to be brutal for a bit. But like we don't need that much food, like until they tell us we Mm. cannot leave our houses like at all, at all. Like there's no reason to be buying like that. Like I was like I I remember telling my roommates, I was like, they're not going to close grocery stores like everything Mm. will close, but not grocery stores and food will Mm. come back like agriculture although yes, there'll be impact to it. Like it's going to have to happen in some regards. Like we can't just, they can't just say, Hey, everyone stay home and starve. Good luck with what you've got. So I'm like, yeah, this stuff's going to come back. So the first time I went, it was like rough. Cause like, okay, I got to buy like all the B tier foods of what I wanted, but I wasn't worried. I wasn't going to eat. Cause I like, I kind of, I buy food in bulk anyways, and like make it last me like a month. Cause I hate going to the grocery store, even not in quarantine time. And so I was like, yeah, this is all going to come back. And I went back like last week at like 2 p.m. And I got everything I needed again. And I was like, except for one thing, which I'm like, okay, cool. I can modify one part of my diet and not lose. You know what I mean? Mm. There's like no reason to panic. We're going to eat. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be, it's going to be fine. You know what I mean? When it comes to grocery stores.
0: Yeah. I, I know that in my like conscious thinking brain, but there's like a lower part of my brain that was like freaked out for a little bit like oh fuck like what if Mm -hmm. what if we don't get to have grocery stores anymore or like not to like not not to like harp on freaking out too much but like another thing that i've been thinking about is like in this state that we're in right now like what if that that big like california earthquake that we've been waiting for like happened uh, now or like it like doubled down on like crisis i don't know i'm just yeah. kind of worried
1: that'd be interesting i mean I, I think there's a certain point where like if an earthquake happened we'd have to repair things in a way and hopefully not get sick along the way but we it sounds like dumb oh it almost sounds ignorant to say but it's like we would make it through that like it would be I brutal it would be it would be devastating but like we would make it through and like yeah then from there people be like oh yeah maybe we should share toilet paper you know i mean like Mm -hmm. like there's like things or it's like it'll be funny i mean i think it's funny now but like if the earthquake happened right now Like, those people that bought, like, you know, a thousand whatever of food to store it in their pantry for a year and a half, whatever, all that food would be crushed and lost and bad, and it would be covered in <laughs> dirt, and it's like, ah, uh, maybe you should have not been selfish, I don't know, maybe you should have shared food. <laughs> maybe yeah. you didn't need that much in the first place, maybe there's people that are hungry and old people that need it more than you do, I don't know about that, but whatever. That totally. would be, in. I, that would, in a weird, cynical way, that would make me kind of happy, be like, oh, this is what happens, I don't know, that's what happens, so, yeah. But no earthquakes, please. So,
0: yeah, hoping, crossing my fingers that nothing like that is going to happen anytime soon. So, how did it affect your like experience of this whole thing to be out of town while it was kind of coming? Um, local? I mean.
1: I was like, I mean, it was already coming local. This was before we were told all the way to like stay all the way home. I wouldn't obviously mm-hmm. break the rules in that regards, but it was just, it was like actually just a small, like two day thing. It was like mm-hmm. less than 48 hours and it was in Utah. And so basically went out knowing what to expect. I mean, everyone's treated, everyone's doing the same things out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And, um, I knew coming back that like life would be modified and so it wasn't like I was gone for a week and things were different. It's like, I, things mm-hmm. were moving now that, that way. I left knowing that I needed to be extra clean, extra careful. And then things, and then things were that way. And I was like, okay, cool. This is what it is. And I say it in a joking way. Cause it's fun to say now, but like, this is the new normal. This will be the new normal for a while. Mm. It's like, we have to, we have to modify our lives. Like it's, it's modifying your life and accommodating things that you wouldn't want to do because that's what happens when like, when things change like we you can't expect to live the same life Mm. when things change and and this is a this is a massive you look back historically like i'm not a historian either but you look back and like this is this is going to be a huge textbook moment we're living in it and i'm not not sure if i'm proud of that but it's like yeah things are changing it's like when when world war ii hit people's lives changed so differently than how they are now and those people Mm. didn't get to live the same way it's like we're going to have to modify that and being that we don't know how long it's going to take. It's like, we just have to be prepared to roll with that. Like you're going to have to change things about how you are. We're so lucky to have lived the life and privilege that we have lived up to this point, And mm. it might all change and you might all have to be ready for that. And a lot of us aren't equipped for that, but we will be because we'll have no choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. man. So it's like, enjoy what you can. Meanwhile, not even in a cynical way, but it's like, I'm being optimistic about this. Cause like, I'm going to take, I am taking this time to like get better, improve, relax, be refreshed, be strengthened. I'm not just, sitting down and watching TV. I'm also not saying that's wrong to do cuz that's mm. how a lot of people do stuff, but like I I can get stuff done that I've never had time to do. You know what I mean? Like Hell I yeah. I can I can leave the if this is done in a month, I'm going to be a month better than who I was because I actually got to sleep for a full month. Fuck I got yeah. to practice for a full month. It's like I'll, I'm I'm really excited about this and like I tell all my freelance friends, musicians or video people, it's like, "Yes, there's a lot of reason to be worried, especially when it comes like financial stuff." Sorry, mm. is turning into a big lecture, but it's like No, you're chilling. But, um, dude. It's like the biggest thing that I tell everyone is like, you remain optimistic, remain hopeful, inspire mm. your other friends around you to be optimistic and hopeful because like collective worrying with, I know we can't necessarily come up with a solution to this problem, but, but solving other things in the meantime just makes you feel better. And in the event this yeah, does end quickly, we got to leave stronger. And if it doesn't end quickly, you got to prepare yourself just to at least be happier with what's happening meanwhile. And I think that's like really important because sitting at home, Being worried is a way to cope about it. But I think after a while, it's just going to eat you alive in your own bedroom, you know?
0: Yeah, man, worrying, uh, takes a lot of energy.
1: It does. I don't have a lot of energy already, so. Yeah,
0: man, that's wild. How, uh, how have your roommates been taking things? Are you guys all kind of on the same page with stuff?
1: Yeah, we are. I mean, pretty, pretty early on, we, we all sat down for like two hours talked about it was we just had a new roommate move in so it was like a perfect timing where we just wanted i told everyone like yo let's talk about transitioning in with chores and and everything and just general cleanliness and then on top of that exaggerated cleanliness because of everything that's happening and we talked about it we made rules we're we're really i would like to think we're really open with how we talk about everything i told everyone let me know if this thing as a roommate in general it's like let me know if there's things i'm doing that you don't like and i'll modify those things because Mm. if you don't tell me i won't fix it um totally so it's good yeah i mean it's it's good that we're on the same page it's it's nice that um there's people here I, I can imagine living alone probably can get pretty boring even if you're talking with people on the phone so it's nice to see a couple faces at home uh, that you're that you're friends with you know
0: yeah man have you been like uh taking walks or like jogging or anything like that um
1: A little bit. I mean, not too much recently. Like I, I have my one wheel, which is like my favorite thing ever, and so I'll go out on that and like I'll do small errands. Like I wanted to go. I went to Target today to go pick something up. Mm. I took that on like a three mile ride, and that's just really that. Even before this, that was like the most zen thing I could do, and my favorite thing Mm -hmm. to do. So like I do that whenever I can. Um, We went on. I went on a hike with friends actually. Like a couple days ago and oh, the yeah. next day they banned hikes so i was like yeah. well i guess i should not go on hikes anymore so now it's just like and that was for i mean i wanted to see my friends but also like i want to exercise and it is a bummer that when they close the gyms you people want to go do hiking type things and then they close the hikes it's like ugh, it's not that it's getting harder there's more solutions but i hate working out at home and now i will because that's my only option i either don't or i do and so it's actually why i'm not drinking whiskey i was gonna drink whiskey as i said i would mm-hmm. um but i realized i need to exercise after this and i shouldn't drink whiskey and then exercise so i'm gonna hang with you exercise dinner and then whiskey and that or so now it's just water in this goofy looking cup
0: fuck yeah dude yeah that totally works it's funny man like um like how long ago a while ago i was i was really into marathon running and i was like training for these marathons and one of my go-to things would be to chug like two beers before going out on like a 15 mile run or something and for, for whatever reason like it just it put me in like the a good mood for it and it like uh it was like a hit of calories that like i think i i needed and it was just like refreshing and i don't know it's kind of weird
1: interesting cool yeah whatever works you know
0: i've like i've never heard of anyone else say that but um that was like my carbo load which is a joke because it's not actually carbo loading but
1: whatever works i think whatever makes you happier
0: yeah man 100 percent. so you're about to be twitch famous is, is yeah that's what the I've goal no. <laughs> yeah no, I,
1: <laughs> that's so that's actually one of the reasons why i've been i've been like stoked to be inside there's just like a list of things that i've wanted to finish for for so long or just do or start mm. and like i've i think it's so important to love your bedroom like mm. more than anywhere especially when you're living with other people but love where you live but love your bedroom because this is where you start and end your day usually yeah most of the not and like this is where i get to be most creative i got to close my door And, you know, within reasonable hours, make as much sound as I want and as much noise as I want. And no one can tell me anything. So, like, the last, like, week I've finally got to collect, like, all my ideas of how I want to create and how I want to create quickly. And so now it's, like, this week, since I knew I was going to be in here a lot, which I'm still excited about, like, I have, I've already had my editing bay here, my whole computer that I'm sitting at, which you can't see, but I have that. And then, like, my computer's ready to go, my monitors are up, you know, I, I can listen to music, I can scan photos, I can work on photos, but I brought, like, my new interface that I normally use to track, like, multi-channel things, um, like, for mobile recording, but now I have every every amp and input and DI and instrument lined in already, so if I mm-hmm. want to come in, I can pick up an instrument and just start yeah. playing. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I can start recording if I wanted to, or just recording ideas, or I can record it straight into my looping device, which I keep next to me. And then, same thing, my video games are here. And so, every time I hang out and play video games or want to play online, I can obviously do that, or I can play online and stream with friends or sh- show my, fam- mm. my family just like saying what I'm doing from time to time. So, I can just turn on some cameras, talk with them. Obviously, you can do all this on your phone, but I realized, like, hey, I have all these cameras and microphones and stuff and things. I just need to plug them all into the same place and it'll totally. do it for me. So, now it's like, yeah, so now I'm pretty excited because I just want to, like, Stay in here and make uh, songs and play video games, and that's pretty much it. Plug, edit Fuck videos, yeah. play songs, music, and make some dumb videos. And I'm so lazy where it's like I hate having to show up somewhere and then like plug things in. So it's like if everything's just plugged in and I have to sit down and press a button, it's like that's what I'm going to do. You know what I totally, mean? Totally. Totally. So that's, it's fun. So Twitch, that's coming up soon. We're working on it right now.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. What video games? How about you? Are what you have you been doing?
1: Now? Oh, well. You go, you go. Let's let's hear about you first, then we'll dip into some games. What have I
0: been doing? Dude, fucking online lessons. Let's talk about online lessons. Um also you your audio has been cutting just a tiny bit. Can you give me like one more sentence? Cutting just out is it sure.
1: this this would be my this would be a headphones issue at this point. Is it not coming in?
0: Oh, you're good. You're good check now. Check. Well, it was a little okay. bit of video too. It's cool. We're gonna roll with it we're just okay cool we're going to roll with it this uh this podcast is in its infant stages and uh, cool. we're uh we're we're putting out what we can during quarantine but oh, um, yeah. I mean the
1: good news is as a backup we still do have uh we still do have all the audio I'm recording as well so that audio will never cut out which is nice
0: hell yeah perfect so yeah the the video, the video might be a little weird but the audio you're you're right i didn't even think about that um cool. but dude online lessons so The way that I make my money that I live off of is I have about 30 private students or so and Mm -hmm. 50% or 60% of those students have like been interested in switching over to online. And, uh, so last week I taught like 17 online lessons over like two days or something like that. And, uh, having previously only taught one online lesson like uh maybe six months ago or a year ago and it has been quite an adjustment i still like i don't understand the flow yet really um it's a it's it's a difficult thing to do
1: dang that's cool though that's good that that transfer that way i mean i'm like really stoked right now when i hear that uh, any of my friends are working. So, <laughs> cause yeah, man, a, that's a big thing right now.
0: Yeah. To have any work at all. I'm like super, super thankful for Yeah.
1: That's a good thing. I know so many people right now. Yeah. It's a weird thing also, man. Like I, not, not that either of us have set this up to be this way or not this way, but like, it seems like the only conversation right now is, is about that. And I know I just brought that up, but it's like, it's a weird thing where every conversation is like, Hey, are you working? Like I'm yeah. not working or like, it's really interesting. Like yesterday, I had a phone call. This is gonna sound like a cool flex, but I I don't think flex it, it actually means I don't think it means anything important. But a friend had re- re- like um, referenced me to someone who works at BuzzFeed, and they were basically mm. like calling. To, they were like just wondering how this impacted people in, in the industry, the film production industry, and stuff. Mm. And I was talking about like the modifications I'm making to my lifestyle. What happened? But and I, don't, I mean, I have no allegiance to anyone, but it was interesting to me because what it sounded like is they were posing a prompt where the answers should be something along the lines of "I've lost all my work and it's not that good" and like uh. whatever. But in my head, it, it would, and this person wasn't trapping me into saying that, like they weren't, they weren't like whatever. But it seemed like every question kind of wanted it to end that way, mm. and like although I agree that's the case and that's a conversation, I think we're aware of that. Mm. Um, and then I also think like. I'm right now, like I said, like, I'm just all about optimism right now. Like, Hell yeah. like, I'm just like, I told her at the very end, I was like, Hey, look, if you, if you use any part of this at all, like you have to use the part that I'm going to tell you right now, or I'm just like, yeah, we need to tell people to be optimistic works mm. work will come back. And like, it's important to remind our creative friends that like, it is tough right now. And, and we got to look out for each other and yeah. set up each other to succeed. But like work's going to come back and it's mm. going to come back for those of us who are working and practicing hard. That's like important. You know what I mean? so like i want people to remain hopeful about that because i don't i don't want every conversation to end right now with like oh yeah times are so tough and i'm feeling bad that's how people Mm. feel right now i already know that but like i think it's great to be like but i just made a really cool thing or like i'm really happy today because i got something done you know what i mean Mm. i think it's just like keep reminding yourself that you're doing cool things and you're doing good things and and this will pass and who knows how long but it will pass you know what i mean
0: hell yeah i like that
1: a lot i think it's important
0: Where do you get this optimism from? Is this like something you picked up from your parents? Are you like reading some self-help books? Is this a natural state of being for you?
1: I think it, I mean, it it probably comes from all of that. Like Mm. I, I would be lying to be like, I discovered this, um, Mm. or it came from one thing. But I think the biggest thing is like, I, like I just, I don't see why not like it it makes Mm. it it for me just like literally like you said like worrying just takes so much energy yeah and and like and feeling bad about things takes energy and it's draining and i think it's important to feel bad about things so you can feel good about things Mm. but like like i i know i'm gonna say i know this i think i know this for this whole situation right now we have two options you can say you say say you're a creative like like me or someone or friends of ours you can sit at home for 1 to 3 to 12 months and be worried like for a long time and not do anything and, and be panicked and and every day wake up and go to sleep feeling just like bad like you can you can do that, and that's how some people cope. And it's harder for people to come to. It. I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not someone who's like saying, "Oh, you're depressed. How about not being depressed?" I know that's not the solution. It's not that, but it's like in my head, it's like convincing myself on a daily basis that things will work out, things will get better, and then implementing steps so I can see that I'm actively working on doing that, not just saying it. Mm. Like make me feel better. So like, it's the optimism comes from knowing that every day. It's like this small thing, it's like Every day, if you work on one thing. If you do one thing every day that makes you better, by the end of the year, you've done 365 things that make you better than who you were 365 days ago. Like, Hell yeah. on the smallest level, it's that. But right now, like, I'm I'm not stoked because I'm not working, but I haven't had the opportunity to sit down and be with myself and experience myself in this way in, a, like, a really long time, longer than I can remember. Like, I, mm. it's just crazy to me. So, like, I'm like, oh, man, I can... Once I finish all, my, all the other things that have like haunted me, haunted me is what I call it, but like I can now do whatever I want and there's no, there's no rules and there's no limitations and like so backing this up one more thing because this kind of ties into it. Like what I've done mm. the last week and a half is I've made a list of every single day there's two things that i haven't gotten done in the last three to six years that like i think about every day Mm. because like if you like because it just i let it just it's just dumb bad habits etc emails whatever things like that Mm. and so every day i just make a list of two things that way i can wake up do these two things some are big some are small and then go about the rest of my day play video games play music call friends call my parents whatever be happy and then that's it when i finish those two things it's awesome and with the way it's working with all the they're not like They're not major goals. They're not like learn a new language in one day. It's like, oh, like, remember that email you never sent to a client uh, three months ago that you think about and you should have sent to them three months ago, but you didn't. And now you're not because it's been three months and you feel bad. It stacks forever. It's that thing. And then it's like, oh, I remember like how you really wanted. Like, I need to clean out my guitar pedal board. I've wanted to do that for a long time. That's a fun one, but I just haven't done it. I needed to return this one thing that I bought online, et cetera, et cetera. So every day. I finish two things and I feel awesome. And then I have more and more time to be more creative and talk with more people and schedule more things in and then go to bed when I want, wake up when I want. And like, I'm just like, Oh, this is great. And by the time April hits, literally I know this on my schedule. All I'll have to do, have to do is read, make music and continue to be friends with people. Mm. And I'm like, dude, well, that's like, that's the dream. That's like mm. the, the dream. I can't, I can't imagine being any like being unhappy at all if i was doing that on a daily basis you know hell yeah so you it's a good thing i mean i don't know out, man i don't know i don't think i figured out i figured out something that works for me and like i i would hope everyone figures out what works for them because like I don't know in the end like I I do think about my relative and comparative happiness for what I'm doing, how I'm feeling, who I'm seeing, who I'm being, you know, like what I'm making, how much it, that it, that value I hold of for what I'm making and what others think of it, what I think of it and like it changes all the time and like I I just want to I just want to like wake up happier and go to sleep happier every day. And I and I know the only way I can do that is just like by making realistic goals, which I'm typically bad at making, uh, Same. and because I make unrealistic ones, but but then like just taking it in small steps, and like I can't imagine, I can't imagine what I'll be like. And I mean, I, f- I feel amazing. It's been one week. Hell yeah! So like, what's gonna happen by the end of April? Like, who will I be? You know what I mean?
0: Ooh, ooh,
1: ooh! It's a good feeling, and everyone can do it. It's I mean, it's a great. While you while you like while you're not working right now, or maybe you've been laid off from your job or something. It's like maybe you didn't like that job. Maybe now's the time to to like try something new the world just is gonna let you try for a second even though it's gonna let not you like let you not be next to people for a couple weeks but who knows you know
0: yeah man anyone trying to like make a career change that would require developing a new skill like this is uh this is quite an opportunity
1: this is massive you know what i mean it won't be that easy of course the job market's gonna be weird but like but you can do it You can you can literally do anything, you know, like, yeah, man. I I believe that you just got to you just got to practice really hard. And and transition periods means you have to work four times as hard That's Mm. whenever you're moving between one thing to another. It's like you have to be ready to work harder. Doesn't mean you have to sleep less, but it usually means that like, et cetera, et cetera. Like you can't plan on living as comfortably as you were when you're trying to transition to something else and like be aware of that and then look forward to it, you know, and if you realize after a while you're not looking forward to this anymore, change your plans, you know, totally. You totally can, you know.
0: Hell yeah. Damn, you're just... You're laying down the wisdom right now, bro.
1: I feel, like, annoying also, because I don't want to be, like, that preachy guy who's figured it out, but, like... You're about to, like... I don't know.
0: I hear you, man. I hear you. It's good for my soul.
1: Yeah, I just like hearing stuff like this from friends. And once again, I I respect, like... Like I told you, when I see people our age... When I see people our age doing what I think they love is, Mm. it, like, really inspires me, because... Or are, are you actually, you know, more so when I see old people still mm. working, doing what they love, that, like, drives me crazy in a good way because I'm like, oh, man, you figured it out. Like, because mm. I see so many people... And like so many people our age, and so many Mm -hmm. people twice our age, like so unhappy with what they're doing every day, and what they look forward to is the the thing that that it takes up the least. Like their job takes up you know seventy percent of their life, and their hobbies take up ten percent. And that ten percent is what they look forward to more. I'm like, oh man, I can't imagine looking forward to just like ten percent of my life. Like that seems seems like not a life. Like I would want to transition to something else. And I'm gonna. I come from a place of privilege. I exist in a place of privilege, and I've worked hard to retain privilege. I know this. You know, I'm lucky. I come from a lot of good things. I was raised really well, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Born in America, etc. etc. I'm not gonna put that behind me. Take that for granted. But it's like, if I've been giving all these resources, it would be such a shame for me to to choose unhappiness when so many people have worked so hard to to get me to this point. You know what I mean? Like, it would be such a disservice to everyone who's worked harder than I have. You know that's that's one way to look at it man i definitely hear you i also know once again it's not that easy i'm and and i'm different than other people and other people are different than me and we approach things different ways so i'm not like this is the secret just do what you want and everything's easy and hard it's like i know it's not that um but i think once again optimism and telling yourself good job you can do it you did it good job you can do it is i think really important to just like keep moving forward and tracking your progress and smiling at yourself you know
0: fuck yeah well i mean the the proof is in the pudding man i mean you're a you're a successful individual Mm. basically these days whenever i meet someone and eventually it comes around to talking about college and they're like oh eric like you did you go to music school or something like where'd you go i was like oh yeah i studied jazz at northridge the first thing everyone says is
1: oh you know ricky oh wow that's crazy that's awesome yeah, i'm happy to hear that but i think we're really lucky northridge is a cool place man i think we're super super lucky to have existed and been there i think it's really responsible for a lot of my success as well and in and, and, and such mm. different ways you know than than just music you know yeah man i, I, I love it. i think csun and csun jazz were just like very very positive places that scared us in the right ways, but encouraged us in, in the best ways, I think. It's like, I think it's the best secret business school there ever was, you know? <laughs> I tell people that all the time. I, I, I do believe that, you know? There's so many things we learned about like operating freelance and mm. holding ourselves to high standards because when you leave school, you're on your own, truly, mm. when you're not working for like a massive, major, big company, or even if you are. Mm. And so like I, I think of so many things just things like how they made us memorize stuff before a combo class and how many other people didn't have to do that in other schools. Not that other schools are doing it wrong, but like sure. stuff like that where just like holding yourself to a higher standard that seemed impossible, impractical and kind of unrealistic at the time, but now you're like, Oh, I that was way harder than a lot of the things I have to do now. You know, mm. like so like I don't know, it's it's a good feeling to like look at that, and then I like I look at you know me and you and our friends and our friends that are doing either exactly like just music or a million other things, and seeing how they've translated that into so many other careers and professions. I'm like hell yeah, that's awesome. We all took something from this, you know.
0: Yeah, man. Northridge was a was a formative experience for me in 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 a lot of different ways, and I uh, I can agree, man. I think I I think. My first taste of that was like doing cross country in high school. Like that was like hard, and it's like oh, I got to push through it. And then I'd like push through these barriers that I was surprised at myself for, for being able to run like these distances that I was running in high school. And then I think my next taste of that was Northridge. Like first of all, just getting into the program because I I yeah. never studied jazz in high school or anything like that. Like I was just trying to pick it up in community college so getting into the program and then the two years that i spent there like um it was it was a formative experience
1: it's cool i mean i'm just happy that all of us are finding our voices outside of that it's like yeah man i mean i don't know i think you and i can relate in the way that's like we are not working jazz musicians that's not totally. our main gig you know totally. um for an, a bajillion million reasons, you know that are our, our own and other people's, and so it's like, but it's like great that like we're doing things though, you know, we're doing something else, we're finding something still, you know.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Do you see yourself working behind the camera for the rest of your life,
1: dude? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's a, hell yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you. That's something I think about like often, just because mm-hmm. I don't know, and I, and I think that was a big thing, like. Tying this kind of back and like the time I'm spending right now, it's like I've been really lucky to to work a lot, which has been cool right. and, and grow a lot. And and like I love camera work and I love visual visual arts and and whatever in film production or whatever world I'm in. Um, and I I I want to say I've been doing this a lot, but I know I'm only I've only been doing this for like five or six or seven years or something. Not that long of a time. Um, yeah, probably like five years or something. Um. And then, like, there's times where I just get, like, I was getting really burnt out, like, right before the virus hit, and so, like, I was I was actually looking forward to, like, taking, you know, like, a month off for myself anyways, which sounds really ludicrous and unreasonable, but I really, I've only, since I've started doing this, like, you know, taking two weeks off max at a time, maybe once or twice a year, just because there's always work and you're always afraid of not taking work because you feel like it'll be your last gig ever if you don't take work, et cetera, et cetera. And it becomes really scary. And that can happen with any any job, you know. It can happen with being a freelance musician, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's the reason why also I, I didn't ever quit music because I can't say I had enough of a career to describe myself as being that. But, like, I got overwhelmed a lot, and that's why when I finished music school, like, I was so into this video thing and this photo thing that was brand new to me that, like, I just had no interest in doing music, and I was kind of, like, done with it because I had done it so much, and it seemed like such a thing... And so, like I know in my head, like I, I tell, like I tell myself this, like every five years, uh, something different happens in my life, and it's, and I, and it's not down to exactly five years, and I don't, I'm not looking. I don't need to actively make a choice, but, like, about five years ago is when I started doing what I'm doing now with video. And five years before then, I didn't know I was going to play, you know, jazz saxophone at all, like, or whatever. And so it's, like, it's interesting. So, like, in my head, I'm just trying to keep myself open. But the thing is, every major change that's happened in my life has come because, like, I've allowed myself to have free time to discover something new. Mm. And, like, you know, I got a camera just because I wanted to get a camera you know like i i played saxophone because one day i was like "Ah, i want to play in band again i played piano prior but it stopped earlier and Mm. so i go through these waves of like doing a thing a lot and then discovering something new because of that thing and then doing that thing a lot etc etc and so Mm. um yeah, I don't really know what I'm going to be doing. Like, I like this a lot, and I'm learning more of the things that I do like about it and mm-hmm. more of the things that I don't like about it, um, as well as with, like, every facet of my life. Like, I continue to find more reasons to like things and more reasons to dislike certain things, and and then it's like, you know, wagering with myself what's worth it, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Right now, like, I, there's there's a lot of parts of my job that I really enjoy, and there's parts that I, I know I need to learn how to manage better, and that mm. will determine as whether or not I should be here like be doing this this work. Hmm. Um cuz I like it. I like using my eyes. I like I like camera work. It's really fun. I like camera work for music because I love music, you know. Yeah. And right now I've really fallen in love with music again because no one's asking me to make it, you know? Like no, no, no. I it's it's a good feeling. Like there's a really awesome pressure that's been relieved when it's not like this is if you don't do this and get really good, then you won't make it and you won't like be able to afford your rent and stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm supplementing that with something else, which I'm lucky to have again, you know. Um so like, I don't know, I think my, ma- my main goal is just to be creative, uh, as long as I can, or or just highly, I like being highly tech skilled also, like I, half of my camera operation is being very creative, and like being in what I would describe as an artist, and the other half is being a technician, where I just am, need to be very good and accurate and do what someone says very well, and I like when I do a good job and someone says you did a good job not or I like when I make something nice and someone says that's a nice thing you made like those are different those are different compliments and experiences and they come together it's heaven um but it's it's also getting you it's like getting used to being happy with them being separated you know what I mean does that make sense two
0: compliments being that's a nice thing you made and what was the second one I'm sorry you
1: did that well like or sorry maybe I should break it down like this like for a while like when I started doing video and, and photo, it was really super fun because I was like, I'm pointing cameras. I'm learning new things. Mm. And after a while, when I started to feel like I was doing a lot of copy paste, which is on me, not on anyone else, like mm. um, it started just feeling like, oh, I'm just I'm just doing a job like I'm just doing I'm, I'm they're they're hiring me to point a camera at things because I am aware of how to do so. Mm. And like after a while, I was like, oh, that's not fun like that and i like having fun and i was like so mm. like let me so eventually like you know i would go into every gig being like oh, i want to be really really creative and fun and eventually people are like no, no 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 you just have to hold the camera and hmm. then like then my my brain would be like what like but the, i'm a, i'm holding a camera it's supposed to be creative and fun and mm. it was a hard thing for me to accept and eventually my brain's like no like they want you to do your job really well. Just do your thing really well. Mm. Don't be attached to it. It's, it's not like a personal thing on you. It's don't You don't have to tie every piece of work to your emotions. You know what mm. I mean? Like to your self-worth or whatever. And so once I... And then, then vice versa. There's certain times where like... Certain gigs I get hit up for like where I realized pretty early on or i, I really deep into the conversation that like I won't be able to, you know... Like what the, the artist is looking for me to do something and like I won't be able to put all my heart into it in the way that I would describe putting my heart into it. Um, and so then when I am able to separate myself from that, it also just makes it so I don't get like let down by the expectation of like, oh, I could have made something unreal. And mm. then the the client like kind of squashes that because their vision is different, you know. So it's like mm. once I started separating what I would describe as like the technician and the artist and like, like the spaces in which those should like occupy professionally and just like for my own mental sanity. Um, it made me a lot happier I was like okay cool there's a lot of work I'm doing here because it pays the bills and there's nothing wrong with that and it's really good and still I'm doing it at a very high level or whatever or there's a lot of work that like I'll do with friends for zero and a half dollars you know what I mean like because yeah. the the whole point is to just get like this out it's to be fulfilled in that way I'm either gonna feel good here or feel good in my wallet and if both mm-hmm. happen that's amazing it doesn't all the time you know but maybe one day it will mm-hmm. that'd be amazing you know what I mean that's the goal I guess
0: Wow, you've really figured something out there like with the technician and the artist. I I I definitely feel that way. I mean, in my teaching, like there's I don't I don't get any artistry out of teaching. I definitely feel like I'm providing a service in like a yeah. technician sort of a way. And, you know, and that's that, that's just how it is. So I don't I don't I commonly have the thought to myself, Fuck, I hate teaching, but then I very quickly remind mm-hmm. myself like you're not doing it because it's fun. You're doing it because it pays the bills, and you're doing yeah. it because you're providing like a, a good, honest service that you can stand behind. Um, and then when I say that to myself, it's like, okay, yeah, all right, this is a job, cool. Um, but I, I like, I really appreciate the way you articulated all that.
1: Thank. yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing to observe because once you realize that I think I think the general f- thing for anyone is when people aren't happy with how they feel at work it either comes because they're not doing what they want or they like they wanted to do something and now they're not doing it that's number one or number two is they are not doing what they want and then now not and they feel like they're not being compensated or rewarded enough to do so. There's really no other feeling, I feel, for feeling bad about what you do, unless you're, like, actively hurting people or something, but, like, um, but, yeah, so in my head it's, like, every time I have the feeling of, like, every time I leave a gig now and I'm, like, I don't like this, I, I I'm, like, I'm like, well, do I not like the process that happened because it's just, I don't agree with it, or do I not like that I knew that was gonna be the case and I agreed to lessen what was, what was suitable, because, there's, there's like the, I would, I've described it as kind of like the burden of being good at something. It's like when you, when you're good enough at something, people will call you, or even when you're just moderate, like people will call you to do it and you'll agree to it because you've been doing it so long and you've gotten in the cycle of being comfortable doing something. And then, but every time you leave that, like you're, you're, you don't feel fulfilled and you don't feel like it's the right thing to be doing. And you've known about this, but you just keep doing it because you're, you want to, do get something else I don't know whatever and like, and, and then you realize later like oh this never really helped me you know and like if I took this time that to do this and worked on something else like I could probably be really good at this other thing that I, I, I swear I have no time to do um, if I just reapplied it. That being said, once again, it's coming from a place of privilege where I'm lucky to be able to complain about this now. I know people working different jobs and in different positions in different parts of the world and the country and, and LA, you know, um, don't have that luxury. And so, but it's, but it's something that, that is a privilege that I try to be aware of and be more conscious of just because now, like, I'm lucky that I get to be picky about how happy I am working. A lot of people don't get to be picky about that. And so, like, I want to keep that in check and make sure I'm not like, running off the rails you know (laughs) because also the reality is like yeah i got to pay rent and do other things and pay bills i want to there's a lot of things i want to save up for there's people i want to help and there's people yeah there's family i want to help as people friends i want to see family i want to see and i got to keep that all in balance because like money isn't isn't the solution to everything it helps but it's it's not the best thing in the whole world you know yeah man i think but you need it you still need it so (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a that's a wild conversation that I'm not sure I'm qualified to. <laughs> oh, not none of us are. Dive none into. of us are. Yeah, and if you're I
1: mean... a billionaire you're the least qualified to, to, to talk about it you know what I mean there's, there's no one that's okay to talk about this like unless mm. it's like the only person I want to hear talk about using money the right way is someone who's like started their own business from the ground up that's helped change the world like modernize some major thing and then now they've like dedicated over 50% of what they're doing to like charitable things mm. but like but they could still have a nice house it's like I don't know I, I do feel like if you're a billionaire like if you're someone like Jeff Bezos like yeah. I heard this described to me in the same way it's like you to have that much money you have to actively be killing humans and be aware of that like hmm. there's no way there's no way that like he's obviously not killing them but like you know what i mean but yeah. like like amazon factories are garbage like like hmm. those human beings have like less rights than most americans do when they're like dying in those factories and living in the worst conditions it's like and that man has like billi- billions and billion i'm like yeah you can't have that much money without like robbing so many people of things that they just need you know what i mean um, that's a different conversation. But that being said, it's like, yeah, it's like having all that money is also a terrible curse. Cause like, ma- yeah, imagine being rich, how that would change you. You know, I, I don't trust myself if I was rich, I, I, I would be terrible, you know? Yeah. I, we all want to say we I wouldn't, know, but we would all be man. pretty terrible. I think. You oh, know? I'm,
0: I'm very confident that if someone, if someone showed up at my doorstep, like right now, well, let's say like in an hour and a half, this will be over probably, definitely by then. Let, let's say, you know, we finish up. Fifteen minutes after we finish up, someone knocks on my door and they say, Eric Davis, I've I've been following your music for years and I just think you're the best person and I think you deserve this $5 billion. And they, like, hand me a sack of money for $5 billion. I, I, I really think that that would probably corrupt me to the <laughs> to the deepest well, here, parts of my soul
1: <laughs> here's a question though so so like just with the way you'd want to live your lifestyle and knowing that you have that five billion dollars in your hand would you ever play music again like like would you like would you be like i want to make music so i can get more of this or would you just be like i got five billion dollars now i'm chilling the thing is is like there's there's the answer that i hope that i have exactly that's like i'm the same way as you i i think the same thing you're thinking you know what i mean
0: but it's like i i really won't know what it's like to hold five billion dollars until it's in my hand but the thing is is that the 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 place where um i maybe know a little too much or think i know a little too much that was exciting i I have no fucking idea there's this uh have you heard of this guy victor frankl no. There's this guy, Viktor Frankl, who was a psychologist and he came up with his own like theory of psychology. And he was largely inspired by being at Auschwitz. Like, like he was, oh, gosh. he was, yeah. he was in the death camps, like in world war two and much of his family was killed and he lived through it. And he was a survivor.
1: Yes, and,
0: terrible. um, it, absolutely terrible. So when he went in to the death camp, he had, he had already written like, a, I don't know if you would call it a synopsis or a manifesto of like his idea. He called it logotherapy um. and, and, but he lost, he lost his manuscript because it was in his jacket or something. And oh, that so, sounds
1: awesome. I, I like where the story's going. Yeah. Dude, yeah. So yeah. then
0: he just had these years of being in Auschwitz, mulling over this manuscript that he had written and seeing how life played out in these death camps. And um, sure enough, he survived and he lived through it and he came out to continue practicing as a psychologist. and um he, he ended up writing all these books or whatever. So, so like the the intro book to his ideas, which is the only one of his that I've ever read, it's this book called Man's Search for Meaning. And the first half is his biography of his life story. And then the second half is like little bite-sized pieces of his theories of psychology. And his the main point of his theories is that man... Uh, men or women the, the language is cumbersome of course, yeah. but people are really only fulfilled in the pursuit of a meaningful goal that it's not it's not experiencing pleasure and it's not even the achievement of a meaningful goal but that it's literally in the pursuit of the meaningful goal that is the only place that people find fulfillment and like actual pleasure Oh, that terrifies and, me. Yeah. I, uh, that, and I, uh, so I read this book a couple of years ago, and, you know, I, I, I feel, I still feel like I'm young. I'm 28, but I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of the world I haven't experienced. Oh, dude. Yet.
1: Same. I feel so young, yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Totally. So I, uh, you know, I, but, So far, I think I really agree with that idea and, like, what he was trying to talk about. Um, So I know in my brain that if someone gave me $5 billion, I would still need to have meaningful pursuits and try and, like, get after something. So I... I hope that I would still yeah. be writing songs and and uh creating music and also, you know, setting up that money to be helping a lot of people, but uh I don't
1: know. I know like this for me, like I if I were to predict being very honest, this is I told myself if I ever like win, like if I ever won the lotto mm. or like or something like that, like I my this would be what I would do immediately. Um is I would split it what was it? Yeah, split it into four parts. So the four parts would be just like four even quarters of the total sum that was given to me after taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, one quarter of it would be mine to like do literally whatever I want with. Like yeah. anything, like whatever, like buy a ridiculous house. Like s- be stupid, be stupid totally. with any of this money. Hopefully totally. safe, uh, ideally safe. Um, number two would be to give a quarter of it to... I would it would it would start with my mom but it would, I would talk with my mom about delegating that to all of my family because like mm-hmm. I think that like my family's important and I want them to all like ha- be a part of this involved in this I also don't want people to like this, there's always that problem of like when you have this much money, everyone asks something of you. So I want totally. to fulfill all these things. I'm like, look, I'm splitting this all in you. This is what everyone gets. I'm giving this to you so we all get to win. This is what totally. happens. We all come up on this, split it evenly. We all get this, everyone wins. Totally. Um, then the other third of that would go to like strictly charity work helping other humans that aren't me ideally how like homeless or hungry people um just because that's great to be like look i'm being good right off the bat before this money gets any smaller or bigger and then and then the last quarter of that would be something that i would invest to reserve all four of those purposes on its own again totally yeah i mean so that way it's like that money that say i won four million dollars like one quarter of that one million would now be reinvested so that An X amount of time it could be give to my family, give to charity, give to myself and give to new investment, et cetera, et cetera. That way it's like, I could last forever. Cause 'cause I know that if I just, someone gave me all this and I didn't have that plan, I'd Mm. be like, I'm going to buy a yacht. Like I would just like buy (laughs) something stupid. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would become stupid because that's what you do when you have money. You don't need to be educated anymore. You can do whatever you want. You know, you can break every rule somehow. It's like almost, but, um, yeah, it's a weird feeling. I, I'm I know that it would ruin me. So like <laughs> I'm not you. I'm not looking forward to that much money, but I do want some, so
0: I hear you, man. Yeah, it's a it's it's a, a fun thought. <laughs> it's a strange thing. This whole I don't know, man. Maybe we're like uh maybe we're like yin and yang with this whole corona thing. It's really got me thinking about how fragile like our society is. and and there's a part of me that's like fuck man like if venues can close this quick then like who knows how long the government's gonna be around and if the government's not around anymore then like this money shit doesn't matter at all
1: that's funny i haven't (laughs) thought that way but that's i'm not gonna say anyone's wrong for thinking that way i think it makes (laughs) sense
0: yeah i mean i think that the way that i'm living my life is I'm I'm trying to make decisions as if the world is gonna be grand. But there's Oh good. This, I think there's that's great to do. Yeah, there's this thought in my mind though where it's like, fuck dude, like I better I better be ready for like the next plague. Like the next plague mm-hmm. that might be like like real
1: bad. How do you prepare? Like, what are do you have some things that you're like, okay, this is my baseline preparedness, like whether they be really materialistic or really mental. Like, do you have any things where are like, I need to be at least this if the world goes to shit?
0: I, I literally don't know if I'm gonna follow through with this, but I. It's been, good to have them though. But I've been thinking a lot about taking some survival classes. Of like, okay, That's awesome. like, if I needed to learn how to live in the woods, like could like just to figure it out, like how to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about buying like a generator, like a big, like okay, battery or something in case the power grid goes out and, uh, like I should probably buy some shit to, uh, to purify water. That's a good one. Yeah. And, um, like learn how to grow food. I have this excuse. I have this like pretty side yard in my spot that it would be great for growing food and uh i haven't started any gardens because i have a lot of raccoons and squirrels and shit that would definitely Uh. like get into it and ruin it but like now it's like oh man i i really need to figure out how to grow food so i think you gotta
1: kill the raccoons and squirrels (laughs) that's one way to do it
0: (laughs) i think the uh i think the the less messy way of doing because there's some skunks too. The skunks will well Uh. But um there's got to be a way to like build build like a cage around it to where animals there, yeah, there wouldn't ways, be yeah. be able to get in so I sh- I should probably look into that but um I don't well t- We'll see. We'll see if I actually follow through with any of that. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm a fucking musician. I mean, I'm pretty
1: like <laughs> I'm pretty soft. <laughs> Isn't that? See, that's a funny thing cuz like in my head, I feel I feel like you and I probably feel the same way about who we are and how we contribute to like the the more the most grand version of the world or society. So like in my head, like when I think about like that preparedness, I'm like, "Dang, if the world goes to shit, I need to be valuable on a team because I know that like that's where I immediately I like, can't do stuff on myself. There's so much stuff I cannot do and I always think like mm. I, always, I always make it the zombie apocalypse and even like my, my close group of friends which you all know like we always talk about who our zombie apocalypse character would be because you like mm. you know there's one guy who's like He's just, like, the super big buff guy who can shoot guns and drive motorcycles. And, like, that dude's critical for a certain reason, you know what I mean? And there's, like, someone who's, like, really smart guy who can, like, make stuff. And, like, there's, you know, there's the one person who, like, would get bit and not tell anyone. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, like, (laughs) you try to, like, boil people down (laughs) to their, like, simplest thing. And, like, I try to boil all the time. I'm like, what do I got to do? And I'm like, well, I do know this. At its most simple level, Mm -hmm. if the if any sort of apocalypse happens, I do need to be very healthy, and mm-hmm. so like, that's like what I always like, I don't boil all this down to that. And I haven't thought too much about it, but I'm always like, damn, mm-hmm. as long as I keep exercising, keeping my heart healthy, keeping, you know, like be, I have a pretty flexible, but healthy diet and keep like my brain sharp and stuff like that, like that's going to be very valuable. Cause like, I know this for a fact, like I'm not a good runner, but I've been working mm-hmm. on running, not cause I'm going to need to run away from zombies or the government, but I'm like, it's never a bad thing to be able to pick up heavier things and move a little faster if you yeah. don't have transportation, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, like, man, in every yeah. level, because I feel like I can problem solve pretty well. I'm a good puzzle solver, but I'm like, if it came down to, like, apocalypse time or, like, yeah. purge time or something, like, yeah. dude, I'm so, I've am i never punched someone before. I will get killed so easily, you know to- what I mean? Yeah. Like, like one-on-one fist fight or with a weapon. Like, I i don't know how to use weapons. I'm, like, Same. done, you know what I mean? So, Same. Mm.
0: Yeah, dude, I I I completely agree with you.
1: Yeah, it's funny though. I do think I'm like, damn. I, I hope that like I'm someone that's so smart and like so valuable as a puzzle solver that like strong people will keep me alive. It's like we need him. Like <laughs> I hope I'm that character. You know, you'd be like, like I'm the, not good at fighting. You'd be like
0: the comedic relief
1: i would right. hope that's good also i also don't want to be the camera guy in the apocalypse i'd know that for sure because that's like the worst job <laughs> and like i hate like i don't i'm not i have no interest in documenting things that are going poorly because that also means you're paying attention to one less thing than what's happening like no way like, that guy also dies like first all the time like no one cares about the camera guy so <laughs> no nah, dude the camera guy makes it all the way to the end because you gotta you gotta
0: see all that footage yeah
1: yeah i guess or, or, or they, they don't get, usually they... they make it right before the end and then they find the video camera like on the ground or something you know what i mean so
0: dude i hope if this zombie apocalypse happens i hope i like run into you like 12 years after the apocalypse mm-hmm. and it's like this meeting of like like you're like the first person i run into that i knew that would be like, wild for the apocalypse and i'm like
1: well
0: i'm like ricky <laughs> wait say that
1: last thing again you cut out a little bit. you said the first person i run into
0: Oh, yeah, like, as if you were, like, the first person that I ran into, like, since the whole apocalypse, mm-hmm. like, went down. And we had this moment, and I was like, Ricky, Ricky Chavez. And you were <laughs> like, I, I haven't heard that name in 12 years.
1: <laughs> I think, actually, now that you mentioned that, I think a really cool, weird new way I can judge people is thinking how, like, say it is, like, in the middle of the apocalypse like right now yeah. we're, we're say we're we're 10 years in the apocalypse we've all gotten used to apocalypse lifestyle and how stressful yeah. and like yeah. bare bones that is yeah. like just imagine meeting someone any person one-on-one like i do feel like if i saw you in that context i would be safe
0: oh you know? totally
1: 100 like but there's certain people who are like if i saw them i'd be like ah this is not good <laughs> like you know, well you know what i mean you know dude I mean?
0: yeah you wouldn't know if you'd actually be able to trust them
1: Well, there's some people that in like in that instant where you're like like if i saw like if if we were like it were outside you know like say for example it's walking dead times we meet up out of ralph's parking lot and we both like peek around a corner and i'm like eric and you say yes i'm like Thank God, because like totally. based on your character right now, I'd be like, okay, good. I, but like, there's Fuck some yeah. people. Obviously, everyone I don't know, you're like, you're probably gonna kill me. I'm just gonna assume you're gonna kill me. Yeah. And yeah. then like, but there's people in my life that I know right now. If I saw them, be like, <laughs> you're gonna kill me. Like, I, like I know. I think I know who you are. Or I'm deducting this based on our relationship. You know what I mean? Or your values. Like that's scary. I never thought about that till right now.
0: Dude, that's wild. Because it's like it's like their oh. friends because of the way that. Uh... Oh, yeah, it's probably cutting out a little bit. Let's see. How are we doing? Wait,
1: I lost you a bit again. Sorry, wait. You come oh, back you're in good. In just a sec. Am I back? Oh, there you go. There we oh, go. It's like. The- yeah, there you go. You're back. You said that's hell wild. Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. I, I say that a lot. That was, that was <laughs> probably accurate. Um, but yeah, there, there are friends that we have that are probably just playing nice because society is intact and, like, they they'd go to jail if they like tried to hurt us or something <laughs> but yeah, yeah dude
1: apocalypse time that's when the true character comes out i think also there are friends that we have that are like there's definitely those friends that you described like are playing nice mm-hmm. but there's friends that i have where i think at their at their lowest level mm-hmm. it would it would just it would turn them into that and also i say this mm-hmm. hoping i don't turn into that also there's friends where like i would see them and be like like i don't know like I i just like don't know like what, how your values have changed so drastically because there's like we're all going to kick into desperation mode when that happens in this fictitious totally. situation and so totally. like yeah this that's a good way because like now like if i look at someone and be like who would you be at the end of the apocalypse or in the middle of the apocalypse what i yeah. trust you it's like maybe I, maybe i shouldn't trust that person now oh. you know what i mean
0: you know what i mean it's like
1: why i don't know but at the same time who
0: cares it's <laughs> It's a wild thing, man, cuz I think in my life I have been too trusting of people and I've mm-hmm. like uh, I've opened myself up to be taken advantage of before. Okay. And um I think that's part of my like coming into adulthood is um not being less trustworthy, but like just uh exposing myself to less people i mean that that makes me
1: sound like a sex offender hell yeah no it makes me sound like the opposite of a sex offender oh yeah well a sex offender working on that's working on it you know that's like yeah a sex, yeah. O- a sex offender that's trying yeah. to do a better job yeah.
0: but yeah. um but yeah man i don't know i mean this is this is the first time in my life where i'm like fuck like a, maybe like a zombie plague i don't know maybe that is 10 years away 20 years away there's do you this, feel like uh,
1: sorry go for it no you're good do i feel like what do you do you feel like with your openness do you do you feel like you can be open and also not be taken advantage of now because i Up I, I lost
0: you oh man yeah it broke up a little bit i heard honestly this
1: is probably my wi-fi that's going out more than anything it's not too reliable
0: uh i hear you man it's uh, cool i heard um you asked the question do i feel like with my openness and then it cut out
1: oh there we go cool you're we're mm-hmm. i'm back now too um do you feel Hell like yeah. because you've been open with people um mm-hmm. that uh oh I, I forgot where that question went now i'm gonna remember in one sec um you're good Oh, do you feel like with your openness now, like you, you can be open and, and that's like no long, because I I think there's a part where if you're too open and too trusting of people Mm -hmm. that it can, obviously it can negatively impact you if you latch yourself onto that in the same way. But do you feel like you can be open now and like it it doesn't affect you and, and in a negative way, just like being open is generally good. Or how do you feel about like just feeling and being open and honest with as many people as possible? Or is that important
0: to you, you know? I It is important to me, to be open and honest. I'm the kind of person that I like to open up with people and have a deep conversation. Like, if I'm first starting to create a new friendship with someone, I like to have a deep conversation, and then I feel comfortable <laughs> to have the light, like kind oh, of uh, small talk sense. kind of conversation. But I've found that most people are the other way. They like to have a lot of light, no pressure, small talk conversation, and then they feel comfortable to have the deep conversation. So that's been a pretty informative like, um, lesson that I've learned about myself and my disposition. Mm-hmm. But I think that what I found is that being open isn't so much the issue. What my real issue has been is that I have been really open with people and then I have expected a lot in return. And it's that expectation that gets me into trouble because I'll like, I'll expect that someone might be like a better friend than they are. And then when it comes time that they're not as good of a friend as I thought they were, uh, then, uh, then it it, it bums me out basically um yeah that makes perfect yeah so i think i think yeah 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 i think i'm just as open i'm like uh oh yeah it's a little spotty you
1: cut out one last time yeah there we go oh it's cool i think i got i got the end of your thought though which was good you said like better person than they thought they are so i got that thought totally totally totally
0: i think that i'm i'm willing to be just as open um like with the people that i trust i'm just as open but uh i'm it takes a little bit longer for me to be super open with like new friends i think yeah is where i'm at
1: what do you think um what do you believe about secrets about yourself like do you do you have secrets about yourself? Do you do you believe you sh- do you share secrets about yourself with people, or things you consider secrets, or things that other people consider should be secrets, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Like, how do you hold on to maybe information or or things in regards to how open you are there? If that makes any sense. Are you
0: talking about like secrets, like I did something I'm ashamed of, or are you talking about like secret hopes and dreams I have? Like, what what do you um, mean by secrets?
1: Yeah. Is, uh, like, maybe on a, on, a, on a more simple level, are there things you've done, like, or that you're doing, I guess, are even more important that you don't feel comfortable telling people?
0: There are a handful of people in my life that I tell mm-hmm. everything to. Okay, cool. So, I have this friend, Colin Wells. I tell him absolutely everything. I have my brother, Brian. I tell him absolutely everything. I have a friend, Kristen. I'll tell her basically absolutely everything. And maybe those are the only three people in my life that I tell absolutely everything to. And then everyone else, like, I'll tell most things to most people, and it kind of covers covers most of the bases. So there's, there's nothing in my life that I wouldn't tell to, like, Colin or my brother or Kristen. No. Like, for sure, 100%. Um, but there are things... Uh, like uh, I don't know. Let's let's say like Teresa, mm-hmm. bass player. Both of our friends. Yeah. We we both know who Teresa is. I yeah. have the highest opinion of Teresa. Fucking love Teresa. I have no me reason too. not to trust her. <laughs> but like I'm not I'm not just gonna fucking tell her like 100 percent everything. You know, just because yeah. like me and Teresa aren't like the homie homie homie.
1: Yeah. Well, so then there's two scenarios here. Um, Would you, there's, so I think what you've said is you've expressed that you wouldn't tell, you wouldn't just tell her because, would you Mm -hmm. tell her something if she, if she asked a question that hit one of those points that was a secret or something that you wouldn't normally tell, would you, would you say like, oh, hey, like, would you give the answer or would you be like, uh, you know, I, that's kind of personal, like. It, it it cut out right as you were saying
0: that question. Yeah. Um, let's l- let's clarify the situation. So me and me and Teresa are like alone, like we're not being recorded, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If we're alone, I would tell her whatever she asked.
1: Okay, cool. That that's it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, there's there's a way of saying things and then a way of not making things public. I I agree that those are different for sure.
0: Totally. Like um. But like, for example, like, uh, I can't, I can't remember a specific example, but like, um, let's, let's say I'm, I'm hanging out with a girl okay, and she asks me a question about my personal life. Mm-hmm. My response to her question very regularly may be like, Hey, like, Careful not to ask questions that you don't want to know the answer to, and then she has that's
1: like really concerning to me. If someone said that back to me, it wouldn't make me trust you less. I'd be like, "Yeah, that's why I asked." (laughs) Like, like any question that elicits that response, I definitely need to know the answer to at that point. You know what I mean?
0: It's funny, and then sometimes girls like do want to ask the question anyway. But I've had some girls where they were like, "I know you you mean." I know you mean
1: by that, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had some girls where I've said that to, and they've said like, you know what, you're right, I wasn't thinking, I actually don't want to <laughs> know the answer to that. Yeah. Um,
1: I think it's yeah. it's being able to read people. I mean, like, to, to be pretty open, I would like, I'm trying to live my life in a way where mm-hmm. I don't have any see, things I can't tell people about. I, I want to keep my track record in a way that I feel comfortable sharing with people, which means, totally. for me, just for myself, it means that I feel comfortable, so like, I'm And if there's ways you would like to challenge me on this live right now, like I'm open to it because it's Mm -hmm. probably a good exercise, but like, like in that situation for example like i know a thing i'm just gonna say it because whatever it's it's a reality of my life there's like for example a girl or say for example you're now dating someone you're dating and you have a girlfriend and they ask you the question like how many people have you had sex with Uh and i'm like yo and i do what you do i'm like i can tell you if you want but i don't think you'll knowing who you are i don't think you want (laughs) to know this not because i'm boasting a crazy number not at all sure like but it's like but more often than not there's certain people that like based on the friendship slash relationship mm-hmm. you have they mm-hmm. could t- they could take that news and there's other people where i'm like i think you would think too much about this more if you knew exactly what it was but i will tell you like you totally. know what i mean because in my head it's like the number exists it's real you mm-hmm. know what i mean like and i mm-hmm. can't change it and the only reason i exist here now is because of everything that's happened prior etc cetera, etc cetera. but i know what you mean there's like it's always reading that person and being like do you want to know this answer? Like, you know, that kind of thing. But like it's funny because the way you said it kind of, it's like the way the Joker would say something. It's like, don't ask questions. You don't want the answer. Like, that's what the, <laughs> like the, however you worded it, kind of felt like that. Not in a bad way. I just think it's it's entertaining. Because if someone said to me, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to know this answer. Like, you are way more interesting than I thought now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's something awesome that I'm going to learn right now, even if it's not what I want to learn right now. You know what I mean? I think you're him. right,
0: man. I think I have a way of wording things, maybe a little too like earnestly or a little too. I don't intense. think it's bad. It doesn't ever bother Sometimes, me. Sometimes I, I, I like enjoy my... it,
1: you know. It doesn't bother me, but I know that some people can't.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm happy to hear you enjoy it. I've, I've always felt safe hanging out and talking to you. I, I. In in recent years I've tried to just make myself more aware of how I come across to people. And I think like mm-hmm. like what I was talking about earlier, like discovering how I tend to go deep and then shallow and how most other people go shallow and then deep. Yeah. Um like just l- little <coughs> things like that. Like I, I, I tend to I tend to be like a little intense out of the gate, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you like and people that are that same way?
0: I really, really do.
1: That's good. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. 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 I have one friend. His, his name's uh, Nathan. He's a really talented audio engineer pianist, and I work with him. He mixes, like, a lot of this, the stuff that I work on. But he's someone that I, I remember so vividly, like, all the first experiences I had of him, he was one of the most, like very blunt people that I've like I would describe him as being blunt he's direct but he's also blunt yeah. and that was I had not I had not met especially in LA like I hadn't met people like him before mm. um, and I really liked that a lot I was like I, I know exactly what he means and there's times mm-hmm. where I've had this conversation with him where I'm like yo there's other people who don't appreciate that as much as I do be aware of that but um but it was a cool thing i was like oh i like that i can i know exactly what you're saying because you're saying it and not because i have to do math you know what i mean mm. <laughs> and that's a good feeling to me whether and that's not really on the same plane as deep or shallow it's more so just being direct and like totally. and when those two things when someone can be direct and i guess deep like mm-hmm. that's a innuendo and also a thing i really appreciate so mm. it's good so Hell I like yeah. that.
0: That's interesting, man. Can you give me an example of like a directness that he ever gave um, you?
1: I can't remember in the context of Nathan, but like uh like for I know this like uh just with my friends. Like living with my best friends that I lived with in college. Yeah. And uh and then beyond that point, I think that really helped me become that way. It's like since we were all best friends for example we lived together we existed in the same space we had rules and we shared spaces and eventually there'd be points where like actually here's a really good example my one of my best friends ruben told me this where like when we just lived the two of us in our first apartment um i didn't like wash my dishes a lot and ruben was like really on top of it with his dishes and we had different ways of how we wanted to do that i remember one day um uh he just like he told me he's like yeah you should like you should just wash these more it'd be easier and it was like it was like really he's like you're you're being pretty messy like he said it's like you're being messy you should wash this more it's easier and keeps the place cleaner and like for like one and a half seconds i was like stung by that because i was like what i was like what do you mean like huh mm. like why would you say that and i realized like oh yeah he's like looking out actually I have a better example of that too he was but i was like oh you're looking out for me but i also remember there's one time where i came home and i was just like complaining about something i don't know what it was i was just being like uh probably was like oh this is so hard and i'm so tired blah blah blah. and i remember he just like he was really quiet he probably had a really long day also and he just looks at me and he's like he's like ricky he's like he says you complain too much and then he just like went to bed and i was like ah. That is like a brutal thing to hear, um but I knew he said it because he like meant it and wasn't trying to hurt me by saying that. And I was looking off. Oh for man! This. I was like, oh, I lost you pretty bad. I learned a lot one. from that directness. Like whereas, like, there's probably a better way to say it, but like any other way around that wouldn't have hit me in the same way. And I appreciated that and learned a lot from it. It stung for one and a half seconds again, and then after that, mm-hmm. I was better for it. You know what I mean? Like I like when people are speaking things direct. Like if you told me something, you are like, hey, Ricky. That's why I told you in to a conversation. Like, if you wanted me to shut up, just tell me to shut up. But, like, if you're uh-huh. like, hey, Ricky, you know, I really think that you should consider this because, like, just from what i observed, like, it's this. And you told me that, and maybe it's something I don't believe. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to consider it because I don't think you'd ever do something to, like, make me feel bad on purpose. If you're like, hey, I think you should cut your hair because it really looks yeah. pretty bad. Like, and I, and I, and just I want you to mm-hmm. know that. Then I'd be like, Pardon me. Like, okay, well, I don't, I don't really like that idea, but I know you're not saying that because you want to be like, "Fuck you, you look ugly," you know what I mean, like <laughs> that kind of thing. There's like a different connotation totally. there. You totally. Totally. So, yeah, I, know. I like that a lot. I, li- I like that. That helps me grow faster. I'd rather grow faster than p- politer. I don't know what the word is. More polite. Yeah. So
0: I hear you, man. Yeah, politeness is a really funny thing. I've been, I've been realizing like how polite. I am. I think on the spectrum of polite and not polite, I'm I'm maybe a little overly polite. Like I do noticed, you think it has
1: negative consequences.
0: Um I don't I don't know that it has negative consequences. Actually what than, does overly
1: mean? That sounds bad and by connotation, overly polite.
0: Yeah, it's I'm yeah, I'm kinda like assuming maybe I'm overly polite. I think sometimes hmm I'm trying to think of a specific example. Mm -hmm. And I, unfortunately, I, I can't think of one. I think, I think sometimes like, uh, maybe dealing with a student, like I have a policy of like, a a 24 hour cancellation policy where like, if Mm -hmm. they cancel within 24 hours, like I, I, I still reserve the right to charge for the lesson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, sometimes I can just be like a little, just, I cannot charge for the lesson and yeah. let it be murky. And then it becomes a problem when like late, like six months later I do charge for the lesson. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait, like this happened six months ago and then you didn't charge. And then, so it's like in an effort to like be cool or polite, I can send mixed signals sometimes, and I think that's okay. not a good thing yeah um, I'm I'm sure there's other examples, but
1: I think that makes sense do you I'm curious though like mm-hmm. um, say say this is just a very normal student and I'm gonna say this also like comes from a very normal income you know not yeah. not like a rich parent not like a poor kid because that would yeah. change the situation drastically sure uh, do you do you feel com- like when you've canceled that lesson, like, do you think about it after? Are you like, ugh, like, I, they should have, do you think like, oh, they should have paid me They're late and I'm, and I'm giving them this? Or are you like, oh, like, a, I don't really care that much. Like, how, how, what do you think right after you've successfully not made them pay after they've canceled? I'm always bummed
0: when I don't ask for payment when they've canceled sooner than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It always like bums me out a bit. But then I think about like, it's a difficult balance because on the one hand, I I need to maintain, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's, yeah, it's, it's been cutting in and out, but, um, oh no, you're totally chilling. I just keep thinking to myself, like the mics are on and like, that'll be chill, but (laughs) it it is, it is kind of weird to have it like cut in and out. Um, but, uh i um fuck i totally had the train of thought in my mind and then i just lost
1: it it was just saying i was saying like when you cancel what's the feeling you said you got bummed but it's like because basically what i'm getting at oh, is like yeah okay go for it go for it oh
0: so um damn like
1: are you bummed about it because for example i know this for like there's certain clients where if they canceled on me the day before Like Mm -hmm. just me, like pretend I'm not having a crew that like anything else, like they're they're just me that I'd be like, okay, like I'm not going to like the relationship we have. I know you're doing this for real reasons. Like I had a client cancel on me because they got really, really, really sick. And I know this client would never lie about that. I know it's reality. I know they're letting a lot of people down and doing that. So I was like, I'm like, you're going through enough. Like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not gonna make your life hard right now. I can do that out of empathy. Same time. It's like, that's why I asked about the financial situation because like, if a kid is coming from a super poor family and they canceled a music lesson me would be like, "You know what? There's more important things here." Um but uh but if it's like but if it's a thing where it's like they're building a habit of what I would describe as being kind of disrespectful of my time, then it's like, "Yeah, yeah, this is, this doesn't happen anymore." You know what I mean? The problem is like I would say this if I'm going to be a little direct like I think more so just for your own – it sounds like more of – instead of a politeness thing, it sounds like a business thing you should consider more so because like totally. I've run into the issue more than more often than not. Actually, this is a big, big learning lesson that I had a couple of years ago that it's, resounds with me heavily mm-hmm. because I've, ma- I've made this mistake more than once where like um, I would hook people up with a bro rate of sorts. If You know, you sure. offer someone a bro rate and then – what ends up happening is you're like, hey, look, like I'll say, hey, Eric, you know, I'm gonna do this video for you. I normally I'm just throw out numbers, random numbers. These are not true. I'm gonna do this for you for 500, but you know, you're my homie. I'll do it for you for 100. That's the tell deal. It. Just like I'll be like, yo, don't tell anyone. Like, just like it'd be sick if you just could not tell anyone. I'm, I'm hooking you up. Like that yeah. would be great. Like I'm cool doing it for this because I like you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What tell inevitably me. happens is one day your friend, who's also my friend, will hit you up for something. Your best friend. Like imagine your best friend. I think her name sure. is Kristen or something. Hits you up sure. and you're like, hey, look. You're like you Um, to be like you know like you know like Ricky charges 500 between you and me you charged 100 because we're good friends mm. like you know don't mm. tell anyone that like it's a kind of vibe Kristen hits me up to do a gig and then she's like hey what are you charging I'm like oh you know my rate's 500 and one of two things happens she's either like she either says oh no I thought it was 100 and I'd mm. be like no it's not that actually and then I get mm. upset or she's like or she, or and I'm not putting her on blast. This is a fictitious You're person. You're totally yeah. good. You're totally good. You're totally good. Or, or she, um, or she's like, oh, so I'm not, I'm not as much of your friend as Eric is. You ah. know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a fence that's taking. I've run into that so many times where totally. rates have been unclear. Or like, so my, my new my policy now is like. Uh, although it seems like less, I don't think polite's the word, but less like friendly. It's like I have to, yeah. it's either like I'm doing things for free, full full rate or free rate. There's no more friend rate totally. because like that line gets blurred. And the problem is like when you change policies in the middle, you know, people yeah. are like, it's the same thing where you're like, oh, well, I canceled it here. And they're like, they get into the habit of being like that. So then when you when you when you when you charge them a fee, later, they're like, "Hey, what the heck, man?" They're like, "This never happened before." Yeah, and like it just like holding those policies for yourself, not telling you how to run your business at all, but like will make you feel better because like later on when you need that, you know, that cancellation thing, or you want people to respect it, like they'll be so used to not that, and then changing on them will make you seem like the bad guy, although you're just being the guy you already totally. outlined you were supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like people get really offended, but yeah. it is a tricky thing where when you're working in networks of close relations people, it's like I can't tell anyone something now because. I can't tell anyone even a friend rate because everyone's. I would like everyone to be my friend, but be like people totally. are closer friends, and it's like if I do a project for you know, my best friend Mike, who I've done every project I've done for Mike has been mm. free. I can say that very openly because he's totally. one of my best friends of all time. I like I make that very very totally. clear that way he knows that, and he, and I don't do that with the expectation of anything in return. But that way, when someone else hits me up to record a Blue Whale show, I'll be like, look, I like I. I can't do this for free. You know, Like okay, whatever I ha- I do have a job. This is my totally. job. But if we're doing, if we're, totally. we are on the level of super, super homie, cause then it's like, okay, yeah. Then, then it separates you from being like, uh, choosing favorites. Cause people, I know yeah. I've been accused of choosing favorites and it, it's really hurtful for someone to come back to you and be like, Hey, like, uh, that's that kind of sucks that you didn't treat me the same way that you treated this person mm. and like and then it makes me just feel like the biggest scumbag on earth and then i yeah. resent it and you go into that cycle of like am i doing things wrong blah 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 so it's a it's a really tricky thing like managing that especially when you're being an artist or acting as an artist or a creator you know because then what happens ends up happening is that friend tells their other friends and they tell their mm. other friends and then you you spread mm. into like that thing so it's like it's a thing where i tell everyone it's like yeah be really transparent i think it's i think it's really important to be transparent with um conversations but i think like i don't know talking about money should never be a secret i think every time you question what someone makes especially when they work close to you like Mm. um whatever because in the end what ends up happening is for example if you hit me up for a gig and that i mean Mm. i think correct me if i'm wrong i think we shot your video for free too like in my bedroom one day we just did it totally yeah it's like i don't don't feel scared saying that there's uh, people that will listen to this and i've charged them money and there's people that listen that i haven't you know what i mean but sure but there's a conversation where, like, if you hit me up one day, we are like, hey, I want the full shebang for this Blue Whale thing. I'll be like, look, like, I can't give you that one for free. Totally. Um, but here's what it costs. And, like, and what I'll do is probably just reference an email I sent to someone else. That way I can yeah. copy-paste it the same way. So in the event, you talked with... Um, mutual friend of ours who I also recorded their thing you're like oh yeah we paid sure. the same cuz what would suck is later on you're like yeah Ricky recorded my show for $15,000 and they're like wait sure. he charged me $25,000 and it's like <laughs> huh you know what i mean like and then someone else be like wait he charged you guys at all and you're like what mm. the fuck you know what i mean like it's going to be like a weird conversation and like that's a good way of i don't know cuz then like you get to just blame it on the business you know totally you're going to say like hey this is how like i operate amongst all these things it's like it's really cool a, a good life hack is like now that i work You know, I have an incorporation and I have like policies, but I tell people like, look, this is company policy, which the company policy is really my policy. (laughs) But but I, but I say like, look, this is how I've been treating all my other clients for me to give you something for me to make you the exception actually makes me rude to everyone else totally you know you can use your former clientele i almost spilled water all over myself you can use your former like climate clientele to like just reinforce policies that you have that way you just continue to have a good track record you know i think it's important for individuals like us that are freelance people you know
0: yeah dude
1: fuck i don't know how that's such a business lesson but i didn't mean it to be that but i think it's i think it's important to defend i don't know defend and stand up for ourselves because i don't know these are our jobs they're they're scary it's scary navigating your own self you know
0: yeah man yeah i i 100 agree the uh i've made so
1: many mistakes dude i've made like an infinite amount of mistakes and burned so many bridges unfortunately you know
0: that's how you learn man that's how you learn it's the only way to like really learn something all the way i think
1: yeah it sucks but it's good you know (laughs)
0: Yeah, dude. No, I, I really fucking appreciate that. And that, that really all resonates with me. The thing that I, that I struggle with specifically with lessons is like when students get sick. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, Oh fuck. Like I, I wouldn't want them to come and get me sick anyway. Um, so like, that's like a murky, like, oh, the 24 hour rule, but everything that you're talking about with like the friend rate and the free rate, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've tapped into that a little bit with lessons too. Like I used to teach at a homie rate and i've had times where uh i had like this one situation where i was teaching this guy for free and we agreed that we were gonna like swap services
1: but it doesn't work out that well ever (laughs) it never does dude it never does (laughs) it just never happened um so
0: so yeah so now i i i feel like uh i've I, i adopted the same mentality yeah it's either like the full rate or it's free and i'm looking for nothing in return that's a good oh you know
1: what I'll, I'll i'll interrupt real quick i actually please. remember we did record your video for free you also taught me some stuff about guitar that day
0: yeah that was a yeah. service swap yeah, but it was that,
1: it, that, but it worked it, it was know? a
0: successful service swap
1: <laughs> it literally took us well because it took us the same amount of time the transaction essentially happened on the spot yeah which is different that is totally. different you know what i mean because totally. there's, there's times that happens because like there's like a friend that I'm talking to right now where I'm like, "Hey, I would love these music lessons. I can give you basic video things." Yeah. And we're all going to do it on the same day so it's done because what I don't totally. want to do is say I'll give you this and then in a year you hit me up and I'm like, "I don't do that anymore or that rate's 3 times the thing or I don't have time to do it." And then then totally. then I'm disservicing them. But no, like that that was actually a successful our trade was a successful and I'll describe it as that. But yeah, I think it's just oh, a good yeah. way to leave things not confusing um, with lessons and stuff. Then, it, then it's just making a policy that you have to stick by because it does suck to enforce policy like that. But also it makes people understand like you wouldn't want a sick student to come in, but you might be like, you might say like, OK, cool. If you're like, if you're missing your less than 24 hours, I get the full rate. Or you might say like, if you're missing less than 24 hours because you're sick, half, you know, I get the half rate. Or whatever sure. like it's like you're not going to want to be like G- give me a doctor's note and send me a picture that becomes really <laughs> annoying it's more work than what it is for you totally. but eventually people will do that or i don't know there, there'll be three or four people who lie to you that cancel. Be like i'm actually mm. sick but like honestly in the end those people don't win and you're getting a half rate um, which is not the full thing you plan for but we can never we can never plan for people that have bad intentions you know in the end totally. like they, they'll that will only last them so long yeah, and I'm happy. I'm happy that it will, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, we just gotta plan on people being good, I think, and uh, and hoping that honesty prevails and we be honest with other people and we be flexible. Or you say like, look, cancel, but like if you cancel, um, it'll it we'll charge you the full rate, or you have the option to rebook it during the week during some times that I have available, mm. and, and ther- therefore you're still giving them that service and they're still giving you your rate, and nothing's lost, and it's just inconvenient for that one day. And then you gotta just yeah, keep dude. them deciding that because you'll get tired of it one day, you know. And yeah, you'll be man. like, I'm tired of people bailing, and I want this money. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's gonna happen. You know, it's a good thing. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a wild world. But I I really appreciate everything you said. I really resonate with all of it.
1: Yeah, I'm not trying. Once again, I hate. I just gave. I like. I, this is also the worst thing you can say after you've told someone a bunch of advice and say, I'm not trying to give you any advice, bro. Um, but huh. like, I don't know. I like. I once again like I, a thing that I think about a lot is like. Once again, like what I open this up with is like when people like us are working and like paving our own path and managing ourselves, running running our own careers, it's like a really scary thing. And like I like hearing yeah. from other people about like things they've had because once again, I've made so many mistakes and like things are just like oh like I wish this would have been outlined to me in a way that was more accessible like that yeah. or or like things because like it's rough to make policies or small things like increasing rates or like, you know, reliability or just like sending emails back and like whatever. I've done, I've made so many mistakes. Like, yeah, it's just so many of them. Like I I know all of them and and when I think of them, I'm, I'm like, like and and sometimes i get really close to doing these things again and then i think about how bad that felt like okay nope 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 terrifying like don't do it and then i I try to express that sheer terror i felt to like a friend so i'm like just don't ever experience this and you'll just be happy about it for forever it's a it's a good thing you know like you will feel better about it right now starting right now you know
0: yeah man so do you did you set up like an llc for yourself or something like that
1: yeah, so I um, uh, I just set up, in the middle of 2019, I set up an S-Corp for myself. Nice. Um, and that was just because kind of where I, where I was at with my career, I was managing. Um, I'm getting paid. I mean, I'm freelance, so I'm getting paid uh-huh. by a billion different vendors. Every person I work for is different every single time. Totally. So there's just a lot of, like, wrangling up of tax forms, income, uh, emails between people, the way they're paying me and stuff. And then yeah. also, I, like, employ... Not once again, not full time. I like, but I have like you know a circle of like you know six to eight people that I pay very regularly throughout a month, depending yeah. on you know what's working on who, what camera operators I have, what editors I'm using, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. And so just managing that money in and out was getting like really, really confusing, even with like QuickBooks, self-employed, and stuff like that. And so eventually, I made the S corp so that one the The taxation works as a, as an S corp as a business, and I have a business name that's more liable for things. It's not just on my name, and then also so I have an easy way of managing finances that go in and out. Um, oh, yeah. Just because there's a lot of them, and there's there's company per company purchases, so to speak, and things like that. When I buy gear, and it was just so it's such a mess organizing that stuff. Like God. developing a system to hold yourself accountable and actually be reliable and, and liable to. Um, making your finances work at whatever stage you are in your career is just so important because as a creative or as, or as someone who's not, not even that creative, like it is a headache and like everyone's dealing with it right now, you know, cause it's April. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing. So I encourage people to like, that's a big part of the conversations. If you're working freelance, you know, if you're a freelance singer songwriter, talk with singer songwriters about singer songwriting, but also mm. talk with singer songwriters about how they pay their taxes. You know, like that's very, totally. very important. Cause that's a terrifying conversation that a lot of people don't think about. And, it hits you like a truck every april you know what i mean dude, if you're not thinking about fuck, it man, really so
0: dude i have to pee so bad
1: go pee sorry go pee i'm gonna do that really quick i'll be right back cool i'm gonna chill yo dude yeah 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 it's a good texting break oh you're good man you're good you're good Actually, speaking of which, I will. I'm gonna loop this back. Um, Teresa is the ultimate home girl, and she's a great friend, and I appreciate her a lot. And I need to. Uh, <laughs> she called me during this. I'm not. That's not a rush to get off. I'm, I'm gonna call her later. I'm really happy. I wanted to share oh. some news with her because she's 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 a, she's a great person. Yeah. So, I endorse Teresa heavily for anyone that's listening to this. Teresa Sanchez is a great human being and bass player. Oh yeah Teresa
0: is a she's a big deal. I think I think that's why I used her as an example is because my opinion of her is so high.
1: Oh yeah, no I, I I love Teresa. She is a nice human being that is awesome, so I appreciate her heavily.
0: Yeah, man. For a while, I was doing these podcasts in my home. I have like sixteen of them backlogged that like I haven't nice. released yet because I was just like working out the kinks and shit. She was supposed to come by and film one. Um, but, uh, maybe, maybe I'll catch her on zoom during the quarantine.
1: Yeah, might as well. Teresa's awesome. Kills it at the memes right now. Highly recommend following Teresa on Instagram.
0: The meme that she posted of the, uh, the, did you see the one of the guy where he's laying on the roof and then the cops, the SWAT team is, is, um, breaking down the front door and it, the, the cops and the SWAT team was, uh, my DMs. And then the guy laying on the roof was posting memes. Have you seen that one?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) one was
0: real, real funny.
1: Teresa has a good, she has a very good curation that feels specific to her. I'm happy about it.
0: Honestly, she's the only one that I follow where her meme ratio is like so high, like above 90% for sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. That's always a rough thing. It's always tough to tell. Like some people post a lot, but it's not that good, you know? Or not that relevant to you, you know?
0: Yeah, man.
1: So it's good. She's hitting the demographic well. She's killing it.
0: 100%. Dude, social media is another thing I really want to talk to you about, but I think we got to save it for next time because I actually have something going on pretty soon.
1: Hell yeah. I'm super down to talk about social media eventually. I'm ready whenever, dude.
0: And, yeah, I want to have you on again, man. This has been so fun just, like, hanging out and talking. And I feel like I've learned so much, and you've been so generous with, like, everything you've had to share.
1: Oh, you too. I hope I didn't. I'm always, like, the only thing I'm self-conscious about is, like, did I say too much? Did I assume no. too much? Am I no. too much of a smart guy? Like, whatever. But, no, it's really nice. Thanks for talking to me. It's is I'm like terrible at facetiming. I like really haven't yeah. actually facetimed like my family or anyone. Like mm. I'm just bad at facetiming. I'm not good at it even though I'm really good at like posting dumb videos on my story. That's kind of all yeah. I do. But um yeah, very very weird at facetiming. And so like this is the first time I think the entire quarantine mm. that I've like looked at a human's face and talked to them. <laughs> so <laughs> like I'm like I I don't it hasn't happened yet. I got I probably should do this more cuz this is this is that new normal they're talking about right now. So
0: dude it's wild time but it's it's fucking good to see your face do you know what um have you heard
1: of the app marco polo someone just told me about it today that one's like literally i got a text yeah okay well see because someone's like a good friend of mine for our group chat where they're like hey get marco polo so we can send each other like videos and stuff and i was like Mm -hmm. we can just do that in text messages right so what's the difference
0: I think the big thing with the difference is like when you send videos and text messages, it that all the data is on your phone. But when you mm-hmm. do it with the Marco Polo app, it's kind of like Instagram, where the video message is on the app. so it's not like filling up your phone's memory. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that, like, I find it a lot easier to just send, like, a Marco Polo video than to, like, mm-hmm. jump on FaceTime. Because FaceTime, like, you both have to stop and stare at your phone. Yeah, But yeah, Marco yeah. Polo, like, you could just send them. So I feel like it's kind of, like, the perfect thing to do with okay. family.
1: Okay, I'll try it. Yeah, I need yeah. I need good reasons to send stuff. Because, yeah, like, it's funny... It won't dip into social media now, but my, my You're good. I'm very thankful that my parents are not on social media. <laughs> but <laughs> um but but that being said, I literally have nothing to hide from them. my social media pages, all, all my everything pages are all public. You can find my phone totally. number if you just googled my name. Like that's the whole yeah. point. I want people to be able to find me easily. Totally. Um also I'm not like a that's different if you're like a woman. You shouldn't have your number online because creepos will stalk you and you will hate that. But like for me, totally. I don't really care. Um but that sure. being said, no, like my I do think the the things that I think are funniest and most interesting about myself usually mm. end up being on some social media. And I yeah. want my parents to see that, especially while they're not seeing me. So it's like this whole week, everything that I've posted on my timeline, I have to save it to my phone and then I can, I message it to my mom and she can see it. But if you text someone a video that from iPhone to Android, it like makes a quality like, the worst quality of all time. Oh uh, yeah. And so for my dad, every time I want to send him something that I'm doing, because he especially likes seeing the music that I'm playing, I yeah. have to upload it to a folder in Dropbox and send him a link from my computer <laughs> so he can download <laughs> it on his Android and watch it. I'm like, this is confusing, but I think this is still better than them being on Instagram because they would, they shouldn't be there. Let's be honest. But um, That's yeah. So, so I need funny. to find some some easy ways to share effective video with my family that doesn't require them being on his social media. So that might be the way. I'll I'll probably yeah. have to check that out.
0: It's so funny, man. My, uh, as soon as my mom got a Facebook, like she'd follow me on Facebook or whatever. And there was this one day, like maybe two and a half years ago where I said the word fuck in a comment to someone else's comment on someone else's status. Like it was so far removed, Uh but that like came up on her timeline. Mm -hmm. So then she sent me this text message. She was like, Eric, you know. I've just, I've seen what you've been posting on social media and it just hurts my heart so much to, so I, I, you know, I can't, so she sent me this text message long form explaining to me why she was unfollowing me from social media. And then Whoa, so, yeah, dang, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that's intense. <laughs> so Whoa, I didn't I just, think it was going to end this way. <laughs> so then she like didn't follow me for, um, I think it was like two years or something. She wasn't following me on social media. And then just recently, like uh basically like when I started getting into the three hundreds on my three six five mm-hmm. Instagram mm-hmm. project, then she started following me again so then she could like see the like, song. Classic that I was posting, fake friends. So. <laughs> no only,
1: only there when you succeed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but
1: yeah, man, it was funny
0: to like it was funny to have her follow me and then have a couple of years of her not following me. And now she's following me again. Like, uh, it, do you act it, differently?
1: Because, because you know, your mom's watching at times now, like no, on, for what you may post. Okay. I cool.
0: don't, I don't do anything differently, but it is funny when I like post something I'm stoked on. And then the first comment is my mom being like, you mm-hmm. handsome boy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Like I, I would love having that. And then like
0: I started uh I started recording podcasts like back in like November. It's like been a, w it's been a long time coming. And uh I was I was like telling my parents about the podcast and stuff and I was like just so you guys know, you you might not want to listen to this podcast. Like it might mm-hmm. be for you. So shout out to mom. I love you, mom. If you're listening to this, I love you very much. Important. And, uh, I love
1: my mom too. I love all my family and my mom. And I imagine your mom's a great person, so that deserves uh, love. So, um,
0: my mother is incredible. She is she is really really wonderful, and I'm I'm lucky to have her as my mom.
1: I think what would be sick because I believe this so much of my mom is I I would be down to start a podcast where we just talk about moms, our moms, you know, because <laughs> because because people you people for the most part I would say eighty uh-huh. percent of people have. A very strong opinion of their mom and it usually totally. is one or the other 100%. or or that character doesn't exist in their life in the way that mm. it does for other people but that would be yeah. i don't know I, I love hearing people talk about how much they love their moms because yeah. that's a good thing i love my mom so hell
0: yeah dude i hate <laughs> to end this thing but I, no, I, I i have this like i have this small group i don't know if i've ever told you about it but i have this i think i know what group. you're talking about yeah, that's like devoted to like finishing weekly to do lists. Yeah. And we're, yeah. we're about to, this is going to be our 11th time meeting and we're, we're about to go in like 12 minutes.
1: Hell yeah, go for it. Do but, good things.
0: Um, before we sign off, as you know, this podcast is called Will You Be My Friend? And mostly I named it that because I feel like being the age that I am, 28, it's like a kind of a lonely age. And sometimes I'll be like out in the world before quarantine and I'd, I'd meet someone <laughs> and I'd like, I'd kind of hit it off with them. And there'd be a part of me that felt like I was in grade school again. Like I wanted to pull them to the side of the playground and be like, hey, like, do you want, like, would you be friends with me? Uh-huh so what i do is when i'd have the live podcast i write out a literal note that at the bottom has a check mark as a checkbox for yes and no if they want to be my friend but uh did i lose you maybe i lost you oh i'm back oh, hey big boy
1: i'm back whoa sorry
0: <laughs> oh you're totally chilling dude, dude that this was is- the, that was the funniest timing of all time Man, we almost ended it. We were so close.
1: We were so close. I was going to sign this thing for you. Where'd it go?
0: That's so sweet, <laughs> man.
1: I love it. I saw the video. You, you yeah. sent it to me as a video.
0: Hell yeah. yeah I was going to do it live. Wait, so did you, did you know that I like write notes for people like that? No, no. You cut off right there exactly. That was the last thing I heard you say. <laughs> because what you made just then is literally what I do.
1: No, no, you told, I heard you say that part of it. You're like, you, you uh, I heard you say that. And then like, literally I was like, scrambling, I'm like, so as you were saying something, I was waiting <laughs> for it to reconnect and I was writing that out on my phone. So I was going to check it in front of you. That's and then so And uh, that happened. Well, you know, so. you're,
0: you're in luck, bro, because I've written you a virtual note. Oh, are heck re- yeah. Are you ready to see your virtual note? So I can't Let's physically see. slide it to you across the table as if we were in class. All right, but I'm gonna slide it to you virtually. Are you uh, are you seeing this here? Whoa! Can I mark this up? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So for those Uh, for those listening, why don't you read
1: the note out loud? It says, "Dear Ricky, you're a trendsetter. You're a virtuoso with a camera, and you're a consistent and positive influence in my life. Thanks for being my friend, man. Thank you. Anyways, want to maybe keep being friends." I'm gonna mark this up right now, and you can you
0: can you can answer it any way you like. No no pressure either way, bro. Dude, is, all eyes are on me. <laughs> oh, that's a strong, <laughs> that's a strong mark, bro. That is a no
1: nonsense mark. <laughs> Dang, I do that with Fuck, my actual yeah, hand, yeah, dude. That's <laughs> great. That's actually really. That te- technology is cool. I mean, that is cool that, that exists isn't it wild that we can still we can still uh pass notes in class that's awesome dude thank you so much man i appreciate it i mean i do mean the same you're you're a positive nice person i'm glad we got to talk mm-hmm. I, we, I don't think we've ever talked this much so oh yeah it was T- fucking it was a great hang dude took uh took the corona to get us to talk that's that might be what it, what it is for some relationships right now so i'm stoked about it yeah man
0: I've, i honestly i i would really really love to have you on again i feel like there's a lot more that we could talk about
1: Oh, yeah, dude, I can, as you know, I can talk for forever, so.
0: Fuck, yeah. Well, we don't have to sign off the call just yet, but let's sign off of podcast land, if that's all right with you. Cool. All right, thank you for listening. We love you all. See you next time. This has been Ricky
1: Chavez. Peace, Eric
0: Davis. (laughs) (laughs)